What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Keep It 111. And it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, and as, as always, my name is Andy, and I'm joined by the other main man, Sanha. Hello. Long time no talk, man. Yeah, it's uh, been a minute. It's been a minute. Honestly, it, it definitely feels different. You know, uh, uh, I know when I took, you know, one episode off, uh, I think like one of the first four episodes or something, yeah, I had to take an episode yeah, off because yeah, of COVID. Right. And then that definitely felt, it, this time feels a lot longer because, you know, the schedule's kicked in. Right, right. But, and we've missed a lot. Uh, so, well, this week we're going to talk first about a little bit about what's going on in the transfer window, EPL, and of course, you can't just focus on EPL a lot of times with these. You kind of have to talk about the entire European ecosystem. And then we're going to talk a little bit about something that we never have talked about, but now is as good of a time as ever to talk some chess. And we're going to talk go. a little bit about what's going on in the candidates. What are our frustrations with how things are going and what are some of the things that uh, are pleasantly surprising us? And finally, we're going to end off with NBA, which is going to be the bulk of, you know, the news that we missed, haven't gotten a chance to talk about really our reflections on the NBA finals, talk a little bit about the draft that happened, and we're going to have a little special segment where we're going to walk through our respective top 10 players in the NBA heading into the 2022-2023 season. So definitely stay tuned for that. Exciting. Uh, but let's let's first uh, get some business done in the in the soccer world, Sanha. Sure. Let's talk about uh, some of the transfer stuff. Um, a lot of, of course, rumors going around, and a lot of confirmed things. That let's first talk about Sadio Mane leaving Liverpool, which is not a surprise nope. to most of us. But he did, you know, decide to go to Bayern. Uh, what did you think about uh, the transfer, man? It was time for him to go. It was time for him to go. Um, the rumors had been there for a while. Um, Liverpool is looking to get younger. And, you know, they, they really already kind of started trying to replace him last year. Um, but, but, yeah, so it, it was time for him to go. Um, I think he found a good club to go to. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible that a player who's it's probably he he's past prime now is kind of what I is how I see Mate. Um, not like way past his prime, but he he's definitely over over the the hump, if you will. Um, but to land at a top tier club like Bayern, um, who because their forwards are always targeted by transfer at the transfer window. Um, they could end up needing his services, um, and he may get a pretty good amount of playing time. So I, I think it was a good move for him. I think it was a good move for Bayern. Um, and Liverpool obviously had no, had no issue with it. So I think, you know, it's good for everyone. Yeah, I, I, it's, I think Bayern's going to have a lot of move potentially, you know, in that front line, mm-hmm. you know, this transfer window. Mane's going to be one of the incoming guys, but... I think there's talk about Serge Gnabry leaving. Um, of course, talks about Lewandowski leaving. Yep. And Mane is definitely not a young replacement, but he still is going to be productive. And 
I think, of course, what I expected was Mane to go to a, a league outside the EPL because if he if he went to another EPL club, it just doesn't make sense. Like, you know, it doesn't match up with, like, you know, the reasoning that we heard through the media yeah. about him wanting a new challenge. It's, you know, if it, 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 by by what we had heard about his intentions, it was it sounded pretty clear that he was going to seek um, an opportunity outside the EPL and Bayern is just about as good of an opportunity as you can get. Yeah. Because let's face it, he's not going to get into PSG with how clogged their front line is. Um, he might go to a La Liga team, I guess, or he might go to Italy, but Bayern is definitely, you know, one of the best teams that are remaining um, outside of that, right? Uh, and, and the fee, like you said, you know, past, past his prime, you know, in, in Mane's prime, this guy's easily, you know, a hundred mil demanding kind yeah, of for talent, sure, right? For sure. And, uh, and just the fact that the transfer fee was 27 uh, million pounds reported up to 35 with bonuses. I mean, that just tells you, right? I think everybody knows that he's not going to be as prolific as he was at Liverpool, but he's should, even when he's not, he's good enough to start for almost every team in the world. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about um, some news of incoming uh, transfers in the EPL. Gabriel Jesus, I think we talked about last time we were on the on, on air. Yeah. He's one of the big uh, uh, forwards that are kind of being explored by different EPL teams. And it looks like uh, there's... Uh, gaining momentum store behind the story of him moving to Arsenal, which you know we had also foreseen as well. But at the same time, I I said that I don't really think Jesus is best fit, or, or he's gonna want to be at Arsenal the most. I think because you know they're playing Europa League, and uh, how is he gonna feel going from a team that's had perennial champions Champions League contending squads to you know? You know, a squad where he's going to be playing Europa, and I don't know if Arsenal is really going to be challenging for top four seriously next year because there's a lot of people that are going to have quality squads. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I mean, it sounds like it, it's almost a done deal. Like he's he's done his his uh, what is it? The athletic check, the the medical um check up and everything so I, I think people were saying that they're expecting it to be announced this sometime this week um yep but i think for him at the end of the day what he really wants is an opportunity to play a lot of minutes and a lot of consistent minutes um to kind of prove that he's not just kind of a um a flash right he's not just uh, someone who comes in for a few minutes here and there. Um, he plays. He only plays, you know, like 17 matches in a season or whatever. He's a guy who can be consistently counted upon throughout an entire season, play a lot of minutes, and still produce to the high level um, that he was producing in his limited time at City. So I think for him personally, it, it's that like he wants to find a place that is obviously not a shitty club, but still a, a good enough club where um, it might not, they might not be Champions League football, but it, it's at least he'll be playing some European football and he'll have a chance to, you know, be in the top six, top five of um, the EPL while getting consistent minutes um, for, for the entirety of the season, which if he goes to Arsenal, he's going to be getting that for sure, undoubtedly. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, they offloaded Lacazette. I mean, who is I don't even think is very good anymore. Mm-hmm. They offloaded Lacazette to Lyon, so it's it's pretty clear that they're looking for somebody to start in that center and forward role. And uh, Jesus has played there for uh, City. Jesus can also play it, um, you know, anywhere in the front three, but he uh, he's played center forward before. He's probably the most the best quality that they have. Yeah. Among their squad that, yeah. that can slot into that position starting. So, so you're right. He's going to get a lot of starting minutes. It's, um, but I also, like I said last week, I think he would have definitely given, if he joined Tottenham, he would have given Kulusevsky a run for his money. And I could see, you know, Jesus, you know, competing and winning the starting job for um, being the right forward, right? Sure. The right wing. For sure. Um, let's move on to Rafinha. Uh, Rafinha was also another forward linked to Arsenal, but you know a lot of reports coming in that he wants actually to move to Barcelona, which is kind of a little bit of a slap in the face to Arsenal. And I mean, let's be honest, uh, you know, when you get a chance to play for one of the Spanish giants, you know, you definitely want to take that over playing for Arsenal. I think, um, and Chelsea's also in the race as well, but that one's still. Not a not a foregone conclusion at all. So, uh, where do you think he would slot in the best? Uh, you know, for him, I think I actually really like Chelsea for him. Um, and I say that because there has been a lot of talk as these Rafinha rumors have heated up a little bit um, about maybe Christian Pulisic being out um, at Chelsea. Uh, you know, the, 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 the talk is that the ownership, the coaching staff, the management, they're just kind of fed up with all of his injuries. He just, he just hasn't hit the, the ground running in the way that they wanted him to do coming from Bundesliga. Um, and so I think, I think for them, I think he's just been a bit of a disappointment. And, and to be fair to him, he hasn't been bad at all when, he's, when he has played. I think he's been quite good when he has played. Uh, for the most part, not always, but for the most part. Uh, but it's just that he's had too many, you know, injuries here and there, keeping him out of games, keeping him um, from getting those consistent minutes that we were talking about with with Jesus. So uh, I think if they're really fed up with him, you know, Rafinha would be would be a good replacement for him, um, a a bit of a bigger winger um, than than Pulisic. I'm pretty sure Pulisic is like five eight five nine. He's definitely frail. He's, he's so, yeah, frail. He's not the, a... the thing is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and he plays small. He plays small. He doesn't play big. Um, Rafinha, I don't think, would have as, um, as tough as a time as Pulisic has been having um, at Chelsea. So I think that's another reason why Chelsea has been linked up with, with, um, with Rafinha. So I, I think he'd be a good fair, a good fit there as long as you know he's able to kind of replace Pulisic there on the right side. Um, and I think that's his natural position. He plays really well there. Um, at Barcelona, I, I don't know. It, it, it's obviously a huge club. And you know, obviously Barcelona has had for a very long time um, the yeah, history of having a lot of good Brazilian players in particular. Um, you can't like more than, I don't know, maybe any other, like, I can't really think of another team. I mean, we associate, you know, the big names, you know, Ronaldinho, Neymar, 
you know, with, with the Barcelona name. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it feels like a good fit just in terms of the profile yeah, of yeah. the kind of player that he is. Um, and, you know, I could see him starting for the club. I mean, Barcelona is also, you know, set to undergo some personnel changes. Maybe De Jong is going to go. So I think um, there's a chance that he starts there too. I actually don't know if he would start for Arsenal, at least in his preferred position of right wing, because, you know, they have Saka, who's already there. Yep. So I'm not so sure about Arsenal. I, yeah. I think, but, and with Chelsea, too, uh, like Pulisic, when he was healthy, he played, but he wasn't always a guaranteed starter. Yep. And so, you know, if I were him, I would actually want that move to Barcelona, not just for the uh, reason that it, it's a big squad, but it might be... One where, funnily enough, I think I could see him starting. Yeah, listen, if he can, if he feels that he can start at Barcelona, then that's what I would try to force. Obviously, you know, it's yeah, it's, it's a different no doubt, than, no doubt. than these other teams. For sure, for sure. Um, moving on, let's talk about uh Richarlison. Richarlison is uh looking very, very close mm-hmm. to uh moving to Spurs, and I got to tell you, man. I, I, I've been thinking about it for a while, and the more I think about it, the more I like it. <laughs> because, because, no, like, don't get me wrong. Like, he still has a very punchable face, and that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. And he definitely uh, gets on the nerves of his opponents, um, which is a, both a good and bad thing. But I think, I'm sure that he must realize that, first of all, there's no way that he's starting over Sun. There's no way that he's starting over Kane. He may get some minutes and split time with Kulusevski, but I think primarily he's going to be used as like first man off the bench. Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of role. And if he's happy with that, then I'm all good with that because he's the kind of guy, right? Proven like Premier League talent, kind of like Rafinha. Yeah. He's got the physicality, got the athleticism, has the production. And so it, he, he checks off every metric. And so we have 150 million pounds to spend this window. I don't mind at all, like, you know, spending 50, 60 of that 150 to bring a guy like Richarlison and like really make sure that our front um, line is set just not just on the uh, starting 11, but depth wise, too, because he would just solve all that. And we don't have to we don't have to, you know, open the 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 attacking line up for discussion anymore. We're, We're pretty set. Yeah, I think he'd be a great move, um, not just because of what you just mentioned of, you know, he could slot in some minutes at right wing. Um, right wing? Right wing. Yeah, he, uh, he, I, yeah I, think, right. I, think, I think, well, he, he plays everywhere. Yeah, he like, does play everywhere. I, that's what I like about him a yeah. lot. Like, he, he's just a very versatile forward, and you can't say the same about, like, you know, someone like Rafinha. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of a... You know that kind of flexibility. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what I was saying. Though is that because he can play everywhere, it's just also you know not only can he kind of be the first man off the bench, um, but he can also be a great rotational piece. Um, as Harry Kane, especially you know, becomes older, uh, and throughout the season, you know, if you're going to play European football, having rotations important. And Richarlison can be an important piece in, in that in that rotation where he can take some minutes uh, off the back of Harry Kane, right? 
um, give him some rest so that uh, Richarlison can, can kind of carry the load at times in may maybe a little less important games um, and, and less important moments and let Harry Kane kind of be healthy for the key moments that you really need him for. Yeah, yeah, and you and you could say the same that he could he could also do that for Son as well because yeah. yep. Son and Kim they're both getting up there in age, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I, that, that's also true. Um, yeah. Let's move on to your team, man. Uh, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with uh, with, with uh, Malasia, or do you want to start with uh, the the gut wrenching news about De Jong? <laughs> Listen, De Jong can go fuck himself. Um... <laughs> You know, if you want to sit on, if you want to, if you want to sit on the bench at Barca, that's fine. Fine, do whatever you want. Fuck you. Fine by me. <laughs> I ain't even mad. I ain't even mad. All right, obviously. And, and what a what a. Huh? I mean, like, like, let's be real. Like, like he would add so much quality to your squad. Listen, obviously, um, it's very disappointing that. That Dayong would say such things um, that he doesn't want to come to United. But the thing is, like, what are we going to say to that? It's like we've been a shitty club for the last five, six, seven, eight years. Like, what? What do we have to? What do you realistically have to say to that? Other than, yeah, we're shit. Like, what? What can we say? That that's the kind of club that Manchester United has become. It's become the club of man. Every player wants a, a chance to play at some point in their career at Old Trafford to, nah, I'm good. I'll just sit on the bench in fucking Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you still have an extremely large fan base. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't deny that. Yeah. And you have, a, you have a new manager. Yeah. Right? That yeah. Also, sounds like he he'll bring some more excitement because let's be honest, nobody's gonna be clamoring to play for Rangnick, but you know, Ten Hag is more exciting. You know, True. it's like a he brings like more of like a startupy kind of feel to the squad that Rangnick, who's kind of a he's kind of a more experienced guy, the like old time, who's kind of yeah, yeah, you know, kind of kind of has his own way set, but Ten Hag is like you know he's. He's like a Pochettino. He'll grow with the guys. And so, I don't know. There, there's some excitement in that, right? And, uh, I guess. And I can see that, you know, United is thinking prospectively at the same time by signing guys like Tyrell Malasia from Fine Earth, right? Because yeah, yeah. he's an example of, I think he's an excellent. Well, first of all, you definitely need help defensively. You need yeah. help. You need to bring somebody in because it's like... You, because you still have to deal with the mess that is McGuire and the fact that, like, you've kind of, you have to lie in the bed that you've made kind of with him at this point. And I honestly don't know what is a long-term future because I don't remember a, I can't think of a transfer, like, that expensive who has been, like, ushered into captaincy be this bad so that, like, your hands are, like, so tied, right? So bad. And, but... You know, maybe Malasia could play at the, as the other defender. I don't know, right? Uh, but either way, like, you know, the other pieces, I don't think Lindelof's working. And so I, I think I think bringing in Malasia, I think it's a good, it's, I think it's a good transfer. I would be pretty excited. It, it's fine, you know. But also, he's a left back. He's not even a center back. Like, 
Jesus Christ, can we can we fix like what's actually important? Like, I don't think our I don't think our wing play was or our outside play was as bad as our interior defensive play. Um, but it, the the problem is that like I don't even know who we could possibly sign. For for the interior like back line, I I don't even know like who who can we possibly sign for that? Vardiol, I guess. Like, I think Bastoni is uh, Bastoni is no go, man. We try we try to get him so bad, and uh, I don't think he wants that. He he wants to stay in Italy, so he's not going anywhere. If he doesn't want to go to Tottenham, the, the, the center back center back market is like pretty shallow yeah exactly so it's just like we're kind of fucked there's like there's no one to get there's literally no one to get yeah i mean i like tottenham is looking i think i think spurs realized that well they we need help at the center back role too because davies is not gonna be a long-term maybe not even a short-term solution right i mean he was excellent but you know if we want to if we want to like make a run in the Champions League and or maintain a stronghold of top four, you know we we, we might need more options. And so, knowing that you know guys like Bastoni were not going to be moving this summer, we actually are probably going to look to loan someone like Lenglet from uh, Barcelona. Who's solid? Who's 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 rotting on the bench though? Yeah. Right. I mean, but yeah. like this is the market that we have. It's, yeah. it's not super crazy. And so yeah, if you're if you have really big like issues at the center back this this summer, you're kind of fucked. like my God. Like we just have to pray that okay. I, I I believe that Veron can get better. I believe that Veron can bounce back. I believe in that. But like, what do we do with the other? Like, oh my God, I don't even know. Oh, I don't know, dude. Dude, you know. It was so bad. We started Phil Jones in a game this season. Like, give me a break. Phil fucking Jones, dude. Yeah, that, that's pretty Holy bad. shit. I mean, is, it, is, is, is Vardiol just not even available like that? I, I, mm. but he's also, he's also a, uh. Oh, uh, it sounds like he, yeah. just, he just renewed his contract with RB Leipzig. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and both Chelsea so not, and Tottenham mm. asked for him. Both Chelsea and Tottenham asked for him, and they were and, and Leipzig was like, fuck off. It's just not going to happen this season. I mean, they could have used this, like, the, the, uh, the current market to just sell it for Boost an obscene amount of money. Well, I mean, there's probably, 100%. Still, there's probably still going to be an insane market for him next next season too. I mean, um, yeah, I mean it looks like it looks like they're holding on to it for a little bit longer. Yeah, or maybe winter, maybe it, winter, right? who knows. Um yeah. But, but we'll see. We'll we'll follow that. Um anything else you want to talk about? Um talk about before we move on. Uh let me let me see. I don't think there was anything else big like uh Ericsson still needs to decide between Brentford and and United. True. Um, oh, oh, Gareth Bale, oh, man. I, Gareth geez, Bale yeah, moved sure. to LAFC. Well, sure. honestly, well, obviously, you know, like, Gareth Bale was the reason that I started following Spurs. So, I honestly think, hey, if Gareth Bale, I mean, he will. But, yeah, like, yeah. when he has a game in my area, I might go watch that. Man. It's hype. It's, it's pretty hype, dude. Uh, having a, a 
player of Bale stature. Obviously, we've had kind of legends in MLS before, but Bale is just, he's 32. He ain't that old yet. Um, yeah, like he, he, should, he just has fitness problems. Yeah, I, exactly. He's quality when he plays. Exactly. Like, when he plays for Wales, he's so quality. Exactly. Like if he takes like six months off and just rests and then comes back, Dude, he could just run through MLS without even thinking about it. Like, it, yeah, would, it, would, it would be like playing with children for him. Yeah, it's. I, I don't think people understand, like, this is not a move that, like, has been... It's a move like none other. We're not talking about, like, Wayne Rooney way past his prime. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about, like, guys like Jermaine Defoe. You know, this is this is hugely momentous because... I still think that he still has moments of brilliancy that you will never find in the MLS. This is not Chicharito past his prime, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Bale is like, it's all about the fitness. Is it there yeah, or not? No, because he, the he, quality is there. He still has tier one quality in him. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, so th- this is going to be so exciting. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. You know who, who actually also like low-key signed with LAFC? Uh, when, when, when was this? Hey, when did he do this? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it was just now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chiellini from Juventus. Seriously? Yeah, the legend. Seriously? Yeah. Wait. When did this happen? I don't know, but he he's due to transfer this summer. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, but Another, he's but he's he's, he's, he's well past his prime. Like he's yeah he's 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 one of those like classic like will pass his prime. Yeah. I don't think it's it's not the same as like a Garrett Bale. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. MLS, but still, yeah. it, it's you know pretty very cool though. Keelini yeah. playing for LA, yeah. LAFC. LAFC is gonna sell out now, dude. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, yeah for sure. You know, you know who was rumored at some point to come to the MLS this season? Fucking, do you remember Mario Gutsa? Was he really? Yeah, he was, but it, apparently it's not gonna happen. Uh, he's playing for PSV. Right I think now. he. I think he. I no. I think he just uh, he transferred to um, Frankfurt. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Yeah, but yeah, they, he, was, he won was, the Europa League. Yeah. He was rumored. He was a rumor to come to the MLS this this summer. Man, what a guy! He's still pretty young. I he's bet. thirty. He's thirty. Like, I mean, age wise, yeah. Like he's he's. Like at the tail end of his prime, where he should have been. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure, for sure. Like he's one Had of the guys. He's, the way, yeah. he's one of the guys, right? He's one of the um, like the German Wunderkinds from which World Cup was that? Uh, I mean, yeah, the, uh, Golden Goal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, this guy was so the goal. I think two thousand fourteen. Fourteen, maybe. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah, he was one of the Wunderkinds on that on that squad. But um, here he is. You know, rumored to transfer to MLS team. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, that's down bad. I mean, it, it is. It is eight years after though. So I yeah, mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Still kind of sad. Oh, All right, man. Let's move. Let's move on to chess, man. Um, yeah. The candidates tournament, aka the biggest tournament, right? Again, not like a match, like a World Chess Championship match. The Candidates Tournament is the most important tournament in chess. It takes place every two years, and 
it's been going on for a couple of weeks and actually uh i actually i think i believe round 10 finished today and of course it features the person who lost the world chess uh championship uh previously uh yan nepomniachi is is part of this uh pool and of course various people you know uh, you can qualify by having the highest rating outside of already selected individuals you can qualify by winning one of uh one of the major events in chess of you know the grand swiss or the grand prix and of course there is a there's a choice that's made by the federation that is uh, given to an arbitrary player that they seem to be uh, most deserving. But Quote, unquote. this tournament, this tournament, as we know, has a different format this year than we expected. And it's namely the fact that the time control doesn't feature an increment. And for those people uh, who don't follow Chester, you know, uh, have a, you know, play chess seriously, an increment is basically when time is added on per move. And so, uh, as you'd expect, both players um, in a chess game start off at the same amount of time, and then the time goes down when it's your turn to think. And an increment basically adds time every time a move is played. And so you can imagine that if, if you start off with two hours on each side and you kind of get to two minutes or one minute, then it's going to become a scramble because do you even have, have time to physically move the pieces? And an increment allows you know a buffer to sort of be added so that we can avoid situations where people are just like furiously moving pieces and you know they can't even write their moves down. You know pieces get knocked over. So just to avoid that, right? They add a bonus. Traditionally, thirty seconds per move, and thirty seconds is. If you think about it, you know, count to 30 seconds now. It's a decent amount of time. And of mm -hmm. course, it's not enough time to, you know, make a very deep, calculated decision in a game of chess. But it's definitely enough time to at least calculate and, you know, remove some trivial, uh, trivial candidate moves that a player might be thinking of, right? Yep. And so this tournament is very different in that it doesn't have an increment associated with the time control until the players hit move 60. Which we have to say, move 60, a lot of games don't even get to move 60. And so we have to basically operate under the thinking that there is no increment in a game for all intents and purposes, right? And this is shocking because increment is not an unpopular thing. It's a, it's a very traditional thing, you know, at any of the major events that I've mentioned, you know, the Grand Prix, the Grand Swiss, the, the increment is always part of the game, right? And... I think, you know, we can speculate on why they didn't have an increment, you know, in this uh, particular event. I think it has something to do with, you know, just chess trying to move towards, you know, promoting more exciting, decisive games at the expense of funnily, you know, forethought, I guess, and foresight from the players. So we're basically going to say that, hey, we can accept more mistakes in the game as long as it provides exciting results or exciting games and decisive games because you know some people don't like to see a lot of draws which is what happens you know in, in the game of chess is a lot of uh straw when you get to such a high level you're actually going to see a lot more draws often than decisive games and that's just because you know the margin of difference in skill is so small 
and the quality of play is so high that there isn't, you know, a lot of room or an opportunity for either player to really, you know, try to attack because, you know, everybody's so good at defense, everybody's so well prepared, they have such a good understanding of the game. And of course, you know, I, I, I don't really know the statistics, but it definitely has felt like there have been more decisive games, lots of wins and lots of losses. Um, I think there's only been one round where it was all draws, maybe one or two. So it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a stark difference, but I don't know how you feel about this, Sana, but I actually don't like the fact that they've removed this increment. And I know that people are going to say that, you know, nobody wants to see draws. People want to see wins and losses. People want to see drama in the tournament. But at the same time, the quality of the games have suffered. And if, you know, if any of y'all out there have followed you know, previous candidates tournaments in the past, you know, this is some of the most, you know, high level chess that we'll ever get to see uh, outside of the World Chess Championship. And it's, and it's, and to me, it's in a different vein, right? Because the World Chess Championship, it's definitely, it's, it's very much a, you're, the, each player is planning for the other. And so we may see very in-depth analysis in one or two openings that are played repetitively, right? But in the candidates, it kind of opens the floor to more, more opening ideas, more openings being played, and different styles of you know, chess that we see. And so it, it gives that kind of really deep analysis and you know, stuff that adds to our understanding of the game, but also the breadth in terms of types of games that we're going to see. And so we've taken right this arguably this uh, one of the most important you know tournaments in terms of you know advancing our knowledge and seeing the highest level of chess being played, and we've kind of decided that we're going to punt the quality and try to add more drama and flavor to the results, which I think is a travesty. Why well, I want to know your thoughts on that, Sonha. I mean, so I agree with you. Like having more engagement and more excitement in other tournaments are, are, you know, that's fine because you want the tournaments to ha- get more attention. You want the game to have more attention. You know, you want to, uh, you want to have people be excited about the tournaments that are happening. Um, so that's fine. Except this is the candidates. This is, other than other than the world championship, this is the highest level of chess that we should be seeing. Period. Once a year, um, once every two years, once every, once every two years, once every two years. Um, like this should be the highest level of chess that we see, that we witness. Like we should be seeing historic level games. Um, and so, I I really don't understand the the thought of you know, let's sacrifice some of that for some excitement or, you know, something like that. It just doesn't make any sense to me, especially, especially when you have a, a champion right now who is saying, you know, his, his attitude basically is, we haven't even mentioned this, is that, you know, I've beaten everyone that there's to the beat. Like, everyone who's good, has, you know, they've already, they've, they're going to be as good as they are going to be. And I've beaten them all, so there's no one else for me to beat. Like there's no one else for me to defend my title against because there just isn't anyone else like worthy of doing that. Um, so like when your world championship attitude is that, and then you take the tournament that's supposed to qualify who is going to challenge him, 
and you make it this, you know, this tournament where you're sacrificing quality for, you know, excitement and and, and flash and all this, it doesn't really make any sense to me. It, 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 it just, it's completely mind-boggling how they could kind of bastardize this tournament uh, where the the thing that is of utmost of utmost importance to this tournament should be finding out who is unequivocally and you know objectively the best chess player in the world other than the world champion like that should be your number one goal and if that's your number one goal then you should give the players ample time to play their best move like i i i don't know i I'm mad. I'm I'm right. balding. I'm like, balding. You, 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 you don't want to make the time control. You want to minimize the the factor of time control mm -hmm. in the player strategy. Mm -hmm. You want the players to think about, you know, what are the objectively the best moves. Right. And I understand that to a certain degree, right? When you get to when you get to this high level of chess, right, a lot of times these players, you know, even in their prep, right? What, even when they're when they're memorizing, you know the the first moves that they're going to play. Sometimes they'll opt to go a route that is objectively not the best, but will be testing right to the opponent, right? Like yep. if the opponent hasn't seen it before, then they're likely to not play the subsequently best moves after that, right? Yep. And but I'm seeing a lot of this talk more and more. Especially, you know, uh, when we've looked at a lot of the players' post-game interviews, you know, why did you move here? And a lot of times, so many answers have been born out of, well, my opponent had a time disadvantage. And so I decided to, I knew this wasn't the best move, but this is the move that I played because I knew that they would take a lot of time to think about it. Yep. And, and, and so we're getting a lot of these, you know, I think, I, I think, you know, what feels like just gimmicky results, gimmicky games and maneuvers that are just objectively not the best and it's it's a little bit disappointing right it's it's gamified i don't know if that's a right it's kind of gamified right uh, this tournament a little bit and um and we can also talk about how when we start to factor in time controls as a big part of the player strategies and it heavily favors you know one player over the other right yeah and I can I can name guys like Yana Pomniachi, who was the challenger to the uh, challenger for the World Chess Championship in, in previously. I would say that it favors him because he's naturally a very quick player. He's a very intuitive player that um, also plays attacking chess, but he he kind of is a guy who uh, goes more by feel of the game versus somebody who's like Fabiano Caruana, who we know is an excellent calculator. But in order for him to calculate really well, he needs to have the time to do so. And that's why it's a large reason why Fabiano Caruana, we think of him as, uh, you know, for a long time, we have thought of him as undisputed number two in classical chess, maybe on par with Magnus Carlsen, right? Because let's remember the last time Fabiano Caruana and Magnus Carlsen faced off in the World Chess Championship, their classical matches, as in the ones that were played at the long time control, were a deadlock, right? Nobody yeah. got the better of the other. And so, and but the problem with Fabiano is that we know that he's not nearly as good in blitz, not to say that he's a poor player in a shorter time control, but that's not where his, you know, um, 
his strengths are at. Yep. And but and here's the thing is that what is the time control going to be for the world champion world chess championship? Are we going to be playing a time control where we're not going to have increment again? I seriously doubt that, right? And so we're preparing and we're trying to get the best player out of this out of this pool of eight candidates that is excelled in a different time control where the strategy is very much, as we can see from the interviews, different. And we're going to slot them in to a world chess championship where they're going to play this more traditional classical time control. It's like what are, we're setting this guy up for failure. Or we're, we're, we're not picking the right candidate who is going to be, you know, best suited to play in the biggest event in all of chess that is the world chess championship. And it looks, you know, based on the current uh, score, uh, based on the current uh, leaderboard, that Yana Pomniachi is just on his way to a second consecutive World Chess Championship. And last time we saw how, how he was completely torn apart and embarrassed on the stage. And listen, if, if, they, if they use the same time control again for the World Championship and it's Yan again, he's going to get destroyed. Like, you think, you think Yon is an intuitive player? Madish Carlson is the epitome of fucking intuition. Other than maybe Bobby Fischer, this guy plays with so much... Like, he doesn't even know, like, the table-based, like, endings. Like, endgames for games. Like, he doesn't even know them. He just, like, intuitively... Like, yeah, he hasn't studied them, I mean. He hasn't, like, memorized them. He intuitively just knows... How he should play out these perfect endgames, move by move. This guy is the, the master of that shit. Oh, man. I, also, if, if Jan wins, there's no fucking way that Carlson plays the, plays the World Championship against him. There's well, no, you there's really no, think so? There's no fucking way. Wow. There's no fucking way. I think, I think Magnus, Magnus would be like... No, no, no. He, there's no way he plays against Jan. I think the only players that he would play against from this tournament would be... I mean, obviously, he, he already said Ferugia, but that's not going to happen. He, like, Ferugia's already so far behind. Like, everyone would have, everyone above him would have to keep losing, and he would have to keep winning every single match for, for, for him to win this. So, he's, he's effectively out for, for all intents and purposes. Um, he would, I think he would play against Fabi just because during their match, he never won a classical match against Fabi. Oh yeah, there's definitely unfinished. Yeah, game. yeah, they they went all draws, so I think I think he may play against Fabi, and then I think he may play against Naka and and Ding Naka just because like he's never like played Naka in a match like that before. Um, and, and Naka's always it has been hanging around right in the top ten for the last you know, 15 years. Um, and he just, he never got a shot. Naka just never got a shot at it. Um, and I think, I think Carlson really respects, like, Naka's, like, blitz play, at least. Like, and, and the, the raw level of his, his calculation, I would love to, I would love to just see that against, like, Carlson just, like, intuition and his feel for playing positional chess. So, and practical chess. I, so, I think he may play against Naka. I think it's less likely he plays against Naka than, than Fabi. And then he, he might play against Ding. I don't know. He might play against Ding. I, I, I think he would play he against Ding. Ding. I don't know how he feels about Ding. I think he... Well, Carlson is on the record for saying 
he believed coming into the tournament that Ding, Ding and Fabi are the clear favorites. So he deems those two to be the strongest objective players. Makes sense. Right? All right, all right. And I don't know, like, I don't know what it is about, like, Ding, but I think a lot of top players, based on, like, whenever... Because Ding is very... He's, he's such, such a low-key guy. Like, he's never the center of oh, attention. Oh, for sure, yeah. But whenever top, top, you know, level players are asked about Ding, like, I think a lot of them hold him to tremendous high regard. They think and so, he's really, really good. Exactly. And he is. He is, right? Yeah. The ratings and his, his, his current uh, ranking, I think he's... I think he's number three or he's uh, two right live now. ratings. Because... I think live rating is two. He's up to two. Oh, maybe Ali Reza just like... Yeah, Ali Reza plummeted. Like, he's like five fall. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but it, obviously like his rating says excellent. And so I think he'll play Ding. I, I actually think Sana, Naka, he would definitely play against him. Really? You think so? Like, I think it would be a stupid decision to not play against Naka because... Could you imagine the viewership and like the and, and the money that could be involved the in that kind of world chess championship? Yeah, Hikaru Nakamura, for those of you who don't know, is the biggest chess like you know streamer. You know, one of the biggest content creators in chess. And of course, you know, as we all know, content creating is like where the money's at, like nowadays, right? And so, I think Nakamura carries with him a huge viewership that would infuse a lot of money into the world chess championship. I. I, it would be a financially, I know Magnus Carlsen, of course, is not like, you know, strapped for money by any means. Yeah, not anymore. Highest net worth, highest net worth, I'm sure, in all chess, but it would be, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like a, it's like, you're going to get into a fight with like a very famous boxer who's going to bring in a lot of pay-per-view money. It's like, why wouldn't you do it? Right. Um, So, and of course, Magnus can only walk out of that one with a W because Nakamura just has a, he's just chokes whenever See, that's why Magnus I name That's why Magnus. I don't think Magnus would be that interested. It's like his his record against Naka is 14 to 1 with 26 draws. 14 to Money 1. Money talks, man. Money talks, yeah, mo- yeah, but like you said, he's not that motivated by money. I think he, like, I think to him, I he, mean, he would rather, I think he, he values more than money the the time and the like the mental kind of like stress and and that sort of thing that comes with a world championship match i think he values that over the money that he could theoretically make i mean obviously he would make a lot of money from this but like does he really want to play this guy who he's beat 14 to 1 over their career versus ding it's 1 to 0 in in their right. lifetime it's one to so it's right. like it, it's a qualitatively like different matchup between those between Ding and, and Magnus versus Hikaru and Magnus. So that's why I personally think that 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 she would be more interested in playing Ding than Naka. But I mean, yeah, you're right that it it would bring a lot of attention for sure. Yeah, no, it, it's super interesting. But I mean, unfortunately, it looks Nepo and the thing is, is I. I because a lot of people somehow think that Magnus is just just saying stuff to just get in the heads of mm-hmm, trying mm-hmm. to like you know play the mind games early on against what whoever ends up being his opponent. Because let's be honest, like this this would be insane. Like somebody just like vacates the World Chess Championship. I mean, Magnus is definitely like 
you know, I think I think Magnus is a guy that like revels in being the best. You know, like I, I can't see him just walk away from. No, him he like does, but he. I think he feels like he has nothing else to prove. Like he's beating all these guys. He's beating all of them. I, I mean, but like, would he be able to stomach? A chess community that is forced and will start calling him former world chess champion Magnus Carlsen and world chess champion Nefomnishi. Would he be able to stomach that? Because let's be honest, like Magnus, I, I, I think he's a dope personality, but I mean, the guy's got an ego. Like as the greatest in anything, dude, well, right? Well, one, I think that if if Magnus refuses to play... I think first place and second place are going to play each other. In, oh, well, that, that's, that, that's already been decided yeah, almost. Yeah, in a championship match. So, but, but second, second, I don't know. If I was Magnus, I would be okay with it because I would know that everyone in the world knows. Like, I think that, that I would revel in that more. I would revel in the fact more that despite, like, the official title and everything, that every single person every single person in the world knows that he's still the best that he's the actual champion and that no matter what titles fide gives who everyone knows that he's the true champion i i i i feel like i would revel in that more interesting well i i think it's gonna be uh because yeah you're right because i think out of all the people that he would probably like not like to play outside of maybe someone like Ra- Ra- Rajabov or something. Yeah, yeah. He definitely doesn't want to play netbook. No, he has not nothing to gain from it. He really not. has nothing to gain yeah. from it. He really doesn't, right? And so I think this is like the scenario where we really get to test: Did Magnus really mean what he said? Yeah, because you know, like this is about like you know, this is the best argument to not do it, and so we'll we'll see what happens. Man. Also, the the low key thing here. Is I don't think anyone's talked about this, but so you have to. So the way that chess ratings work, right, is that like when you draw someone who's rated lower than you, that you you lose rating points. Um, and and Carlson is on. He's he's on a a mission to hit twenty nine hundred, and so. Playing, uh, you know what? What is it? Thirteen game? Well, I don't know what how many games the, a match is going to be. Um, uh, this go around, but however many games it is, playing that against like Naka, who's at, who's a hundred points lower than him in rating, and potentially you know going draw 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 and and dropping you know 10, 20, 20 points rating points just based on that. I don't. I really don't think Carlson would be down with that. Well, I don't know if Carlson's going to draw that many games. Well, I don't, I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know either. But I'm just saying, he's on a mission for 2,900. I don't think anyone's. Ta- I don't think anyone's really talked about that yet in terms of like his, where his mind is at, where his psyche's at. But I think I low key think that he thinks that that's that's important. Um, that. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, gonna be that's it's, something that it's gonna be one of those it, so. exactly, and it's gonna be one of the things that solidifies him as an argument, a a, a very, an extremely solid argument for why he's the greatest of all time. Because I think Carlson yeah. wants that. I think he wants that more than anything else. That he wants to 
end his career with a resume where people can practically say that he was the greatest of all time. I mean, if he's going to do that, like he needs longevity, that like, like the Kasparov kind of longevity. He doesn't play in the World Chess Championship. Like, I mean, that does, that's not going to help. Yeah, but it's the, thing about, the thing about Kasparov is like, do you like, okay, let's say, let's, let's say Kasparov was in the same position as Magnus is in now, where he's just very clearly above everyone else. Do you think he would have played like every single match? Because like, it's I not, mean, he, this he, is not unprecedented for the world championship, the world champion to do this, right? It's not unprecedented. Like this has been done like multiple times before by people who have said, like, no, like it's not worth it, or like, like there's no one like worthy of challenging me. Like, it, but in Kasparov's time, there was always someone who was like a worthy challenger to Kasparov. Kasparov might have been a cut above everyone, but he wasn't a hundred points above Naka like Carlson is now. I mean, like, you know, I would say, like, you know, like a, like a guy like Fabiano is Magnus. I mean, there were guys. Which is why like I, think, I think he'll play Fabi. Yeah. I think he'll play Fabi. I think he played Fabi. Yeah. But I, like, the rest of these guys, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He, he's not going to play a dude. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Also, probably the other question is, the other interesting thing here is, like, what does he think of Perugia now after this? Like, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it's, I think, I, I don't see why he would think any. A lot of us, right? Because we, we're just, I, I'm on the mindset that it's definitely not over for Perugia. Like, not this time. This time it's over. But you know, he'll be back. I think, and he'll be back. You know, a, a stronger player. And and granted, it is disappointing, right? Um, Fabiano's like on, on the record for saying that this is just a difficult tournament, right? To to succeed in the first time. I mean, he says that as like as he himself. I mean, Fabi, as humble as he always is, he says that after like you know having gone like third or second in his first candidates ever. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, Fabi. I mean, but, but um, you know, it, it no doubt has been disappointing for the young player, but. Ferruja, he's he's not just young, like he's almost borderline, like too young to be. It's almost like Bobby Fischer's first candidates as like a sixteen-year-old level, right? Young. Um, it, it's still too young for him. I never thought that he was going to win the thing. In, I'm pretty sure Carl Carlson, his first candidates, he was younger, wasn't he? Uh, he was also very young, but did he win it the first time? He was. Let me see. I like. I'm pretty sure this guy was nasty. All right, in '07. Yeah, for in in '07 he played in the. I think that was his first. I want to say. I think that's right. '07. How how old was he in '07? Like how old how how old does that make him? Oh, this is a little uh, different. Too. He was seventeen. Yeah, he was seventeen. He was seventeen at the time. So so he was yeah, he was But he got 
he got knocked out in the first round. It, it, it was a different, it was a, it was a completely different, um, it wasn't the same format, yeah, right? Yeah, it was a completely different format. It was like a tournament format where he would, he came in as the 16th seed and he had to play the one seed, LeVon. LeVon, uh, yeah. Who, who, so it's, it's crazy to imagine. LeVon is like, he's been around for a while. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Like, dude, you know who was the seven seed in that tournament? Fucking Judith Polgar. Crazy. That's man. crazy, right? Yeah. The fucking God Akamsky was playing. Holy shit. Etienne Bacro <laughs> was a 2705 seed. Holy shit, that's a throwback. Etienne Bacro. Yeah, dude. This is when Bacro was good. What the fuck? Nikki Adams was good. Oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> I saw on Reddit there was a picture of... um. There, there, there was a picture of like the 2013 candidates all like posing, like yeah. you know, as like a group picture. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude! Carlson looked like a baby first of all, and then yeah, and, he was and a then, baby. Of course, and uh, Grishik also looked really young. Boris Gelfand was in it, of course. Gelfand was probably like 70 at the time, <laughs> but anyway. Um, uh, but yeah, well, I, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, because I think, of course, the candidates seem almost over too big of a gap, right, for anybody to catch Nepo. Yeah. It's just a matter of what's going to really happen out of the situation if Nepo, like, when Nepo wins, uh, comes out the candidate for the championship again. Is, is, is Magnus Carlsen going to actually go ahead and play this? That's something we got to no keep way. an eye out for. There's no way. Also, also, listen, listen. If I'm, if I'm one of the candidates, I go and get exposed to fucking uh, COVID and then get a positive test and put a break on the tournament for two weeks to stop Nepo's hot streak and then come back. <laughs> I mean, now it's too late to do but, but It's not too late. It's not too late. It's, it's, a, it's a two point difference or a one and a half point is. difference? It's a one and a half it's point a one difference. And a half point. He just has to lose two games. That's it. How many games did he lose against I, Magnus in that match? I mean, like he's he's got. Nah, he's yeah. gonna play for a draw. He's gonna play as Petrov, and like it's not gonna be. It's yeah, hard. I don't know, man. This is Defo we're talking about. That guy's crazy. I mean, well, what? I think it's too late, man. I, I think it's extremely unlikely. Fabiano's like his form doesn't seem promising. Yeah, Naka's the other one, right? Who's I also Naka don't and Ding. see him. They're they're the three. Maybe Ding can't because outside of the first, had kind of a solid tournament. Yeah, it really is really unfortunate that he lost his first game. Like if he hadn't lost that game, I think he would have been right in. Oh, if he had won that game, if he had won that game, and. Even if he drew the game, crazy. like he would be right in it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. <sighs> Unfortunate for him. Yeah. Alright, man, let's move on to the NBA. No boy. I mean, do you do you have anything to say about the say about it, man? About what? The finals? The NBA finals. Yeah, it's um I I said I said it was gonna happen. I told you that 
It was Warriors and Six, did it not? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know what you said. I don't know if you said it was six or seven. I said I Warriors and six. I said Warriors and six. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're I said right. Warriors and They're six. They're not winning another game. The Celtics are not winning another game. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. And I said, yeah. I told you, Jason Taylor's going to go out there, play another lukewarm game, and he played an even worse game than that. He didn't even play a lukewarm game. He played a fucking ice-cold game. Holy shit, he was bad in the, in the last game. At home, with the I energy. I bet you were reveling in that, man. It's just the thing is, like, I didn't revel in it that much because number one, I don't like the Warriors, and, and number two, um, it, it, it was kind of sad to see such a promising player just fucking shit the bed. And I was really thinking about this. So okay, so I was really thinking about this for like a week after the finals had ended about like. Like, is there any way I can cut Jason Tatum some slack? Like, is there any? I'm like racking my head of like, is of course there way? is. Is there any? Because like, I was thinking, I was like, okay, what about Kobe? Like, what do you when he was young? Like, he had to have a bad series. He didn't. He did. He had a he had a really bad series. Well, not a really bad series. He had a he had a bad series against the Pistons where they lost four one in the finals. And, and, and when he was younger, was shafting them right. Um, one of the Maybe the worst playoff series of his career, uh, in the finals of 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 that season of those playoffs. And but I went back and I looked at at those games and I looked at the and look at the numbers too. It's just it's, it's he was. It's not the same. It's not the same as as the way that Jason Tatum played in these finals. It, and then and I think of I then I went back to okay, what about LeBron? Like he had some bad he had some bad finals uh appearances, right? And I looked at I went back and looked at those two and I was like, it's just it's just qualitatively different. It and I just like I kept trying to find an excuse for Jason Tatum and for trying to give myself a reason to believe that he's he is going to be better than this because he is still quite young, right? He he is still very young. Um. Oh, he's so young. He's way too young to be a number one option on a world, you know, on on a championship winning team. He's twenty three. Look, listen. Kobe was the best player on 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 one, if not two of the championship teams with Shaq, and he was a teenager in his early 20s. He was right around the same age, if not younger. Okay, but him being the best player in that series, though, at the end of the day, he still had Shaq. He still had Shaq. But that thing, he only had Shaq. That's like all he had. He didn't have anything else. Oh yeah, he only had like one of the like the, the, the best centers to ever play a game. My God. True, true. Only. True, true. Yeah, not only. True. Yeah, like Jalen Brown's Shaq is the same thing, right? Come I on, just, man. I think the other thing here is that like Tatum played good defense. He always does. He always does. But again, it's the same thing. It's just not to the same level 
of like the these all-time great like and and okay here's the biggest thing here's my biggest indictment of tatum in this series is that when kobe played bad when lebron played bad they went down swinging they went down shooting 30 shots in a game yeah sure they shot 20 percent from the field or whatever and they lost the game because of that but they still went for it they went for it tatum did not go for it the entire series the entire series the entire series all six games there was not a single game where he was just like no i'm gonna shoot the ball 35 times whether we lose or win and i'm just gonna take the right now and we're gonna do it because it's my team he didn't ever he never did that he never did that and that's my biggest problem with him that's my biggest indictment of of Jason Tatum in these finals. And it's why I think that's why I feel so disappointed in, in watching what I watched. Because if I watched him go down like this after shooting 35 times, after forcing his way to the free throw line over and over and over again, like LeBron, Kobe, or others would have done in the past, then I wouldn't feel as bad. Because I'd be like, okay, he's a young player. He has a lot of drive in him. He has a lot of intensity. And he has this mindset where, you know, at times where he has to put the team on his back, he's willing to do so. He just he, he showed us that he wasn't willing to do so. And he didn't do it. He didn't do it. Here's why I disagree. Here's why I disagree. Because the thing is, you know, he, I think that... A player has to do what's objectively the best for the team to win. And you may be right. Sometimes he just has to be the guy that's chucking up the shots. But look at what he did in game one. You know, pumping out 13 assists. He saw that his shot wasn't working. And so what he did was distribute the ball better. And it helped him win the game. Distribute the ball to Al Horford, who had an amazing game. And they ended up winning, right? That's, I think, what a good player needs to do when he's not having a good night. And you're thinking about right LeBron, who was chucking up all these shots because let's let's face it, he didn't have options. When he was, you know, playing against um I mean, what on the Cleveland Cavaliers, who did he have to pass to freaking Anderson Varajal? Like like on and you know the second time he came back, what was he going to do? Pass it up to Della Vadova in dying minutes of a game? Come on, right? Jason Tatum has a better supporting cast, and he was playing, I think, in a way that, you know, the Celtics and the team, for the better, could use that supporting cast when his shot wasn't working. It's an unfair indictment. Then you win the game. Look, 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 look. This is also the exact same reason why I can't stomach putting LeBron number one greatest of all time. Because I know that motherfucker will make the pass to fucking Kyle Korver in the corner for a three when he can just body up and fucking dunk the ball in the finals. I know that motherfucker's gonna do that. And I hate it. I fucking hate it. I hate that he's gonna make that play. Listen. In the last game of these finals... Jason Tatum went to the free throw line. Okay, guess how many times he went to the free throw line in game six? In the last game? In the last in game. game six? Everything's on the line. Uh, six times? Zero. 
He went to the free throw line zero fucking times. Well, okay. Well, that's that's a fair indictment because that, that, that is I have about him. And, of course, I think that it's going to change. I think he's going to get better about, uh, at this. But this is kind of – it was a lingering playoffs is that he wasn't driving to the basket. He was settling for – or mid-range jump shots. And, you know, that explains why he's not going to get a lot of, you know, free throws. And also, I'm going to say, you know, not to be that guy, but officiating throughout the finals is kind of BS in the Warriors' favor. <laughs> not going to lie. I, I, have, I think somebody has to say it, right? Yeah. Um, not saying that, you know, you know, Jason Tatum, you know, wasn't being aggressive enough. I can see that point. But let's not act like, you know, the Celtics were getting all these calls, and despite that, you know, pertaining to have zero free throw shots is inexcusable. You know, I can I can concede that I can concede that, but but this man, all right, in the six game series, this is the this is how many times he went to the free throw line or free throw attempts that he had, not even went to the free throw line, free throw attempts that he had, seven, eight, six. Five, six, zero. That's putrid, man. That's, that's like, that's like going to the free throw line three to four times a game. If that. 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 I don't even know how to excuse that from a guy who's six, eight, six, nine. That's the fucking widest shoulders on a man that you've ever seen that who's not a swimmer. He looks like fucking Michael Phelps out there. This motherfucker going to the free throw line three to four times a game in the <laughs> final? Against who? Against fucking Kamal Looney in the paint? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's the you Oh my god! This motherfucker. Oh, I'm done. I'm fucking done. <laughs> I'm done. Oh my I mean, God. clearly, my friend, you have not seen Dwight Howard's shoulders. <laughs> Dwight Howard's shoulders. Now, those are like, those are like an action figures. You know the action True. figures with like way too big joints, you know? Yeah, he manufacturer like a, was... He like a fucking G.I. <laughs> Joe fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, hey, you know what? I, I, I admit it, you know, I... Uh, I, you know, J- Jason Tatum, it's definitely not the end. You know, I think he'll be back. He'll be better. He'll be more aggressive. I'm sure he will be. Uh, and, yeah, what can I say? Disappointing, but disappointing. I, um, yeah, just d- disappointing. I mean, the only, yeah, the only indictment I had with him is that I wish he had been more, yeah, like you said, aggressive in the paint because – um, the mid-range wasn't working, and I don't know why he kept shooting that. And it's so funny how, like, he was actually kind of prolific in, with at the three-point line for a lot of uh, the series. Um, he decided to uh, take all these mid-range that just, that just was not working. I'm not sure, you know, what they were thinking, like, you know, to not make any adjustment to that. And here we go. Here we go. Okay. Final, final thing. You were saying, you know, you respect that the basketball player has to do what's the best for the team. What Jason Tatum needed to do, what was best for the team, is for him to go drive to the basket, either try to finish or actually just finish at the basket. 
because you're not going to out outshoot Steph from three. You're just not going to do it. I don't care who you are. You're not going to do it. Your mid-range jumper is not going to outscore Steph from three. That's not going to happen. You put you put foul pressure on uh, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and you get to the free throw line and you shoot fucking 15, 16 free throws a game. That's how you win the game. That's what's best for the team. You didn't do it. I don't know what to say. That's it. All right, man. <laughs> moving, moving on to the draft. I'll let you have the final say. I'll let you have the final yeah, say, I appreciate man. that. I appreciate that. I, I, I'll let you have it. I appreciate I mean, that. You know? <laughs> uh, but let's, let's move on to the draft. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Um, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of the picks were really surprising this year. I mean, the one, one, the one pick, of course, is people were thinking that Chet Holbrook, and a lot of people still think that he should have been taken first, right, over Paolo Banchero. But, you know, I, I, I think, like, you know, there are two very good players. You know, one, one in Chet Holgram has, like, insane upside, but I could definitely see, see him being an absolute bust because anytime you see seven feet and, like, less than 200 pounds, you're kind of like, ooh, that, that's kind of an amber flag, not going to lie, because that's, like... um. You know, we have some concerns about, you know, health and injury. Yeah. That kind of frank, right? His name's Greg Oden. Um, <laughs> well, no, Greg Oden was definitely more pounds, though. Yeah, That's the yeah, difference, no, right? Sure, yeah. Chet Holgram, like, yeah. You look at the guy and you get, you get like, yep, that, that's less than two pounds. Like, you look at him and it's like, so, it, it's like Chris Stapp's Porzingis, so right? He's, and um, he's well, lo and behold. He's stubbed. David is also like more than like 200 pounds, I believe. Like, yeah, like physically very, it's physically very difficult. I feel like to be less than 200 pounds when you're seven. Like 100%, it's hard. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah, I'm sure. I, like, yeah, it's, I agree. It's bizarre. Um, it's kind of bizarre. It's like a, it's a bizarre. But his build. wingspan, his wingspan, seven six. That's crazy. It is crazy. And like people are projecting him to be a good defensive like player, despite the size, because of seven six. That's like, which is like a fair point. Like seven six, seven six, right? Yeah, you just kind of stand but, there and put your arms up, and you're fucking, you know, at the rip. You're literally at. Yeah, the basically, rip. you don't have to do. You don't have to go much further no. to. Uh, yeah, even touch the rim at that point. Um, but. I mean, to me, I think the biggest winner, and I think a lot of people are thinking right as well, Pistons taking uh, Jaden Ivey at number five. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people were thinking Jaden Ivey was. And he's like, he's just classic, really athletic, good size for a point guard um, kind of player who's just electric, um, 6'4". Like, it's... We we've seen these kinds of players come up through the drafts in you know other years, and we know like you know though these kinds of guys are usually going to pan out to be a good quality player. Yep. I yep. Think. And I um, I think like the, the most exciting thing is that they get to pair him with Cade, right? Who was really good? Who was really good in rookie season? So like, I think that's the most exciting thing. Yeah, it, but I guess like I'm not sure. Maybe the Kings were. We have De'Aaron Fox, like it's kind of weird. 
Yeah. Yeah, but which also, is like I get it, but are you really in a position if you're the fucking Sacramento Kings to be picky here and be like let's not pick the best player available here? Really? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Really? No, no. Yeah, I would, I, I would, I would have taken Jay and Abby. I'm just like trying to main reasons why, right? Yeah. Um, the, I, I would have taken. I mean, the other thing that you okay, let let's say you're the Kings and you're okay with taking Keegan Murray. Why not? Like, why not make the Pistons trade up to take Jay and Ivy? Then you know, exactly. Like, exactly. Doesn't make any sense. That that I don't get it. Yeah, it's like I I feel like Keegan Murray is such a, I mean compared to Jaden Ivy, he's just like not as exciting of a pick. Yeah, upside wise, you know, Jaden Ivy is like you look at him and he's like wow, like he's got like, you know, he's got, he just got like entertainment written all over it, right? <laughs> and you have to kind of think about that when you're like uh, making draft picks as well. So I don't know, I I would like to see him pick him. Um, I just want to mention, though, the Wizards picking Johnny Davis. I, I'm pretty happy about that, man. Really? I'm yeah. pretty happy about that. Yeah, I think so. Because um, the fact of the matter is, is that, like, I think we need contributors. Um, it's we're, we're, we're kind of at an awkward, like, position where it doesn't make sense to, you know, make a high-risk pick. And Johnny Davis is one of those guys that is going to, first of all, you know, provide some offensive power, which we like sorely lack outside of Beal, who, by the way, um, you know, decided to not exercise his option. And I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with that situation. Me neither. But, um, but, but we need somebody who can, you know, score well because we have a lot of guys that, you know, we have a guy like Denny Avdia who was. Was our last like you know notable pick? Who's definitely not in the mold of somebody who can like act, like you know contribute a lot of scoring. Hachimura is looking more and more disappointing by the year. You know, I think I want somebody who can is hardworking, going to be good on the defensive end, can also contribute offensively. Uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with the pick. I mean, it's 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 also the tenth pick, so you're gonna get a win most of the time. Right, right, yeah. Um, anyone else? I mean, uh, the Knicks <laughs> trading their pick away. Stephen A. Smith going ballistic. Um, They're fucking insane, man. What are the Knicks doing, man? <laughs> I don't know. They're empty. I, 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 I don't know either. No one will understand what goes, at, what goes on inside the Knicks organization. It's bizarre to me that a team with such a big market and such a big following... To be this perennially bad, I don't. I I. Who else? Has, who else has been this bad for this long in a big market? Like in basketball? No, like in any fucking sport. Uh, the Leafs. <laughs> in hockey, I guess. Yeah, that's not the same as New York. <laughs> I mean, the the Leafs are like the New York Yankee hockey. Are the most they valuable though? franchise? Yeah, most valuable franchise. 
No, I don't, I don't accept that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't accept the analogy. Like, I don't accept the, the comparison between the fucking New York Knicks and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I think it's there. I mean, but the thing with the Leafs are actually, like, kind of contending nowadays. Um, not like the results don't say that, but the squad says that. The Knicks, the squad doesn't say that. No, right? and it hadn't said that in, in in a long, long time. I. Yeah, I don't even consider Carmelo Anthony to... as contending. That's not contending. No, it's not. It was not. No, at that point, no. Definitely not. It was just an entertaining team, right? Kind um, of entertaining. And then. I don't know. Like, listen, James Dolan, if he really loves the team, if he really, really loves the team, he'll sell it. <laughs> he'll sell the team. Because if you if you really love her, if, let yeah, go. Exactly. That, <laughs> oh my god. Like, I think I think I think no one knows, but James Dolan secretly hates the Knicks. And that's why the Knicks I don't know, man. The like, they are. There's two, yeah, there's there's so much like lack of rationality like in what's going on there that yeah, I, I can't explain like half the things that they do. Most of the things that they do. It doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense. Alright, last guy to talk about here. Pick 27. You have to bet the Miami Heat. You look about, look about. Nikola Jovic. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, listen, listen. 6'11, 223 from Serbia. This motherfucker shooting 40% from beyond the arc. Sound like somebody that you know? <laughs> what his name or the stats? <laughs> <laughs> does, he, does he distribute the ball as well? That would be crazy. Not as much, not as much. Uh, I mean, he would not. You would not be big twenty-seven if you could. Yeah, yeah, but still hilarious that there's just there's just this six-eleven, two hundred twenty-pound Serbian who shoots well from beyond the arc named Nikola Jovic fucking coming into the league. That's funny. Him and Jokic are fucking doing the Spider-Man meme. That's crazy. I gotta look up. I gotta look up how this guy looks like. Um, let me let me Google. I, he doesn't look exactly like Jokic because you know Jokic kind of looks like an oaf, but he looks—he's he, a little better looking than Jokic. Um, uh, I, I also see that he has hair. Yeah, he also has hair. Yeah, <laughs> so like, he's not, like long, long hair. I mean. Yeah, it's not he, that, like, he, he has a little hair. ways to go to be Jokic, but you know, give, give him a couple seasons. Maybe he'll lose his hair and uh, you know, get a, get a few. A few oh, he's got a very face. similar. He's got a very similar looking. Head he's got shape. a very similar looking. His head shape is and very head similar. And head His shape. head shape is head shape. very similar. <laughs> Dude, I can't so play funny. until they play each other. Oh my god. Uh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fucking great. <laughs> yeah, for, for the memes. Yeah, for, for the, the memes, memes, exactly. I just had to put that out there for the That's memes. Good. That was for the memes. Alright. <laughs> Alright, let, let's move on to the. Top 10 players, it's already getting a little bit late. Yeah, it's getting late. All right. All right, man. Top 10 NBA players. I mean, first of all, let's define what, you know, how this is decided. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Because for me, I made my list based on who I project to be the best players next season. Right. So, so basically like, what I, I am, I, and by proxy of that, I think by it's, it's basically by proxy of like, you know, my definition, all of these guys at the top 10 are going to be all NBA players for sure. And, you know, and we all know how it goes with like the front court and the back court and about like how like sometimes people are pushed out. So it's not necessarily this is going to be first and second team, but right, right. you know, it's, they're going to be the best in their, um, they're going to be the best by the end of the season, right? Okay, okay, okay. So it's a little different from mine. Like mine is kind of, I don't, I'm not projecting it out to the end of the season. I'm just saying day one, 2022, 2023 NBA season, who do you want on your team? Rank them. That's it. All right. All right. Uh, I, let, let's, why don't we go like, because I think with these lists, it's kind of easy, actually, when you first start off. Yeah. Maybe order is a little bit debatable, but I think we can, like, you know, go down the list, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, let, let, let's kind of do this by tier. So I tiered my list. My top 10 has... Oh, you did your tier. Yeah, yeah. So it, I have four tiers here in my top 10. I have hmm. four tiers. So, and, and basically the idea of the tier is that I think that within each tier... It's very debatable, the order. So, like, I wouldn't be mad if you swap the order within the tier, right? It, it's oh, kind of the, the logic of the tier. But I did still give it an order that, that I believe is, that, that I believe. So, okay, so okay. I'll start at the top, and, and this is tier one. So I have two players in tier one. That's it. I believe there are only two players in tier one. Okay, all right. Giannis? KD. Yep, that, that's exactly the same as that's mine. It. I, I don't know okay. about the tiers. I don't know. But yeah, Giannis won for me and KD too. I think, so the reason I put them in, 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 in tier one by themselves is because, I mean, we'll get there when we talk about three, four, five, but I think they're pretty solidly like one and two. Like, I think it's hard to argue that one of the like top five, the like the three, four, five, would overtake either one of these. Definitely not Giannis. Maybe KD, but I still don't think there's a, there's a very good argument for any of the three, four, or five to overtake KD. That's why I put them in kind of a, a tier of their own. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, because the thing with KD, like, you know, versus like him versus, you know, some other guys, like, you know, Joel Embiid, spoiler alert, coming up very soon, but is the fact that he has had consistent success to the point that we can rely and, you know, not a questionable health history that for me, I can safely lock in as he's going to have an elite season next year. Yep. Right. Yep. He always does. Right. Yep. He's always going to be MVP candidate. And so, yeah, he's got to be number two. For yeah. And, and, and where I really came around on KD in the last few years is his defense has gotten so much better than when he was at OKC. I think he's a true defender now. Like, he's not going to be one of the top five defenders in the league, but and he's not going to be, like, all NBA, like, defensive team. But I think he's a very, very capable defender 
able to keep up with anyone uh, just by the virtue of his athletic prowess, right? And and his physical traits. It's you you talk about wingspan? This motherfucker's wingspan is look like a pterodactyl or something. <laughs> this guy this guy looks like a pterodactyl out there and like if he just puts an effort, which he has been doing in, in more recent seasons, he can guard anyone. He can literally guard anyone. Um, so, yeah, that's why I, I, I really, really came around. Okay, all right. So that's tier one. That's tier Fair. one. Tier one, okay. undebatable. Undebatable. That's, that's what it is. All right. Okay. So <sighs> you, you have three, four, five as tier one. I have, yep, I have three, four, five, and that's tier two for me. Okay. All right, so in order. Oh boy. <laughs> LeBron? <laughs> Steph? And Embiid. Hmm. These are these are my okay. next three. Alright, what, what okay, give me your next three first before I explain. Uh, unless you have a different tiering here. I I didn't do the tiers. I just did a ranking in your head. In your head. And 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 but and you and you know what? Like these are yeah. I do have a three, four, five. I would say if I were to tier mine, I would say the next three guys are in another tier. Okay. 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 Embiid is in it. Okay. Curry is in it. Okay. And Jokic. And I put Jokic. Jokic. Yeah. Because well, at the end of the day, I think this is where like your definition of your list is probably different from mine because I'm I'm basically wagering that LeBron is going to regress more. And more. Right, right. And we're starting to see signs of that, right? Right, right. And I don't think, you know, this is a guy that only played like 50 games this season. And granted, he was extremely productive, but it's 50 games, and right? And when you get up in age, you know, you're going to see a decline in, you know, number of games played or you're going to see a decline in quality over a long season. Yeah. And so... I don't think he's – it's just not realistic to expect him to put in an, an amazing 82, 80, like a 75-plus like a game season. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. just not. And for that reason, you know – and the thing is I ranked Embiid third, which I'm like – I'm actually questioning. I'm questioning right because – Embiid third, okay. For me, for me it's, it's, it's hard to bank on Embiid having similarly a long season. Because that's just like his his injury problems are always gonna. And then I put Jokic fourth, and I put Curry fifth. And the only reason I put Curry fifth, well, you know what? I'll, I'm starting to like you know think about this again. <laughs> but for me, right, Embiid and Jokic, like unquestionably, like can put together a very solid run for a team single handedly. Yeah. And Curry, you know, I, I believe he can do it too. But, I mean, a lot of his success is on the back of a, lot, a strong supporting cast as well. Yeah. Right? And B, look at his team. Right? Yes, Tyrese Maxey was very good in the postseason. But Harden wasn't doing shit for him. Yeah. Right? Like, like clearly, his, the quality of his team was just not there. He was playing with injuries. And despite that, he looked like a threat. He, yeah, his team looked like a threat. And so, the only thing that's stopping me, like, that's making me rethink Embiid at number three for me, is is his health going to be a question mark? And I think it is. Um, I don't know if it's enough for me to change my mind. I'm going to leave it there like that for now, though. Okay. I so I I, I think I had the same dilemma of uh, in the in this tier, but to me, I think Steph's most recent run really showed me that he can. 
Like, that he... He can carry a team harder than even Embiid or Jokic. Especially Jokic. Because Jokic did not carry that fucking team. I'm sorry. He, he didn't do it for me. Which is why he falls out of this tier for me. For me, he doesn't make it into this tier because he had this, he had his chance. He had his chance to, to prove that he belongs in this tier with Embiid and Steph in, the, in these playoffs, in the most recent playoffs. In these most recent playoffs. He had, the, he had his opportunity to prove it, and he didn't do it for me. He just didn't do it for me. So that's, that's, why, I, I, that's why he doesn't fall, like, put, like, get into this tier for me. And, and LeBron, I think I put a number three because I still think, based on, yeah, he only played 50 games, but based on those 50 games that I saw from him last season, this motherfucker can still do it all. He can still he can still score thirty like at will literally at will he can he can still grab eight rebounds at will he can still toss out eight assists at will thirty eight and eight there there who else on this list is doing that other than like Luca there's no one else there's no one else and then like on top of it is is the leadership that he brings to the team. He's fucking coaching the team. It's like all of these things. That's what elevated LeBron to number three for me. But again, the reason that I have him in like a tier with other people, right, is that I can I can see the argument for him being number five here. I, I can see him, you know, being it being Steph and being LeBron in, in that way. It's just, I don't know. But the thing is, like, the, the, the big, like, jarring inconsistency with the picture for me is that LeBron is a great player and he like and when he's on the court he's amazing but like the team success right the lack yeah. of team success is such like a jarring like thing to be able to you know to reconcile with the, you know the the ranking of putting him in the top 5 it is it is but his team was just markedly worse than any of the other teams i mean you could say about say the same thing about Jokic I think you wait, wait, wait I'm, I'm not hearing you. In the postseason. There you go. You're back. In the postseason, Jokic's team was absolute garbage. And to me, like, his stats, like, were amazing throughout the postseason. And I can see that. I can see like, there's that. only so much a, a person could did win some games, like, single-handedly. Just, you know, he obviously couldn't do it all. But I think, I think he more than, you know, uh, did enough for me. I think, I think... I just believe that if LeBron were in the same position, they would have won. That's just what I believe. I mean, it, it just the Lakers' woes were consistent, were, were persistent in the season, even with LeBron's yeah. court, which is a problem. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, it's hard to deal with that. Um, let's move on to the, the next one. So is your next tier number six and seven then? Uh, yep, yeah, it's six and seven. It's six and seven, okay. and it, it's it's Jokic who we were just talking about, and I think I already explained it, why he's here for me. And then it's Luca, and the reason Luca is so low on this list for me, despite the fact that I love this guy, I think he's so good. I think, like I said, I think he's the only other guy on here who can consistently go thirty-eight and eight without even you know thinking about it. <clears throat> it's because he doesn't play defense. Motherfucker doesn't play defense. I've never seen this guy defend in my life. And, like, he should be at, like, 
physically he should be able to defend. It's not that he's like he's not he's not like Steph and six three and no hops. Fucking you know can't you know doesn't have the physical ability to defend. He's just as physically able as, as any of these other. Oh, well, maybe not like Giannis and like LeBron, but like he's still like you know perfectly has the physical traits to be a very good defender. The motherfucker just doesn't defend. I don't know. I don't know if he has the fitness. Maybe, but I, I he has the traits, but I just don't know because well, first of all. I think we all know, like, he's not the most built dude. Like, yeah, he, yeah. Like, he, he's a little he definitely flabby. looks he's like a little flabby. He definitely <laughs> looks like he doesn't go to the gym as often as LeBron, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, and so maybe there's some fitness that he could do, but at the same time, classic case of somebody being asked to do way too much on one end of the Yeah, yeah. Um, it would take somebody superhuman to be able to play, like, good to, like, great defense along with what he does on the offensive end. I mean, we're talking about guys like LeBron who are that, like I, young LeBron, there right? Was, there was Kobe who was doing the same thing. I mean, Giannis is the two. Giannis is the top five defensive player. And, and Kobe, we're talking about, is, like, one of the best work ethics we've ever seen yeah, in the game. Yeah, that's what I right? want to see so, Luca. Oh, yeah, like, I mean, if Luca figures it out on the, the, the defensive end, I mean, he, he's top three easily. He's top three easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I, if I'm Luca, I would give up some of his offensive production. Not a lot, but some of it to put some more effort on defense. I think, I think, I, I personally think he would be more impactful that way because he's such a good distributor of the ball. Like, he doesn't always have to be shooting, and he doesn't always have to be driving to the basket in order to have an impact on the offensive side of the ball. But he's so good at it. Dude. I know, he's so good. <laughs> he's yeah, so, he's, he's he so is, good he is, at he it. Is, like, he is good. But like, I don't know. Let's not, let's not forget, he took that, well, he wasn't the only reason. I mean, we had a, we had a bad name, bad man named Spencer Dinwiddie uh, playing his touring cast, but I mean, he sank the Suns. He did. Like the juggernauts of he the did. league this he year. Did. In an emphatic fashion, and of course, the Suns had very much to do with that performance as much as Doncic did. I mean, yeah. the Suns were, they were really shooting themselves um, in the foot that game. But, I mean, Doncic showed that, like, you know, this is what a player of his caliber, he, that he is the best player on that court. And this is what, as the best player of the court, best player on that court, he can do. Yep, right? yep. Um, for, me, for me, it was Doncic at six. It was, wait, wait, say that again? I said I, I put Doncic at six and the LeBron at seven. Okay, all right. Okay, okay. Okay. I I mean again I'm not I'm not I'm not torn up about that. It. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is where we're gonna we're gonna have some bloodbath because yeah I, I would say if there's a tier six and seven is it for me as well? Yeah, yeah. So okay, eight, so, nine, and ten is open yeah, season. Be a all right, but before we get there, okay, let's review that the, the top seven we have. In, in no particular order, I'll just go in like, we have these seven players. Right. We have the seven players of Giannis, KD, LeBron, Steph, Embiid, Jokic, and Luka. Undoubtedly, uh, top seven, there is no, arg- there's no argument to be had of there, someone else can be in the top seven. These are the top seven players in the league. That's it. There. No, no conversation. Yeah. No discussion to be had. Okay. 
All right. Oh, should boy. we go one by one for eight, nine, and ten? I think we, we might. Yeah, yeah, let's we go, go one by one. Let's go one at a time. Okay, okay. Okay, but, okay, wait, wait. Before we go, I will say that I have, so this starts my fourth tier. And I have five players in my fourth tier. And only three players oh, on, the, on, the, on the top ten. So, okay. So what I'm saying is basically, like, I can see an argument for five different players being in these three slots. Okay. It's, it's how I see it. All right. All right. Number eight. I think, I think we might have the same player. I really hope we have the same player. I, I doubt it. I no, doubt I mean, it, dude. I think, I think eight is the, the, the easier. Kawhi. Oh my god, you don't have Kawhi. Holy shit. Don't fucking say it. Don't fucking say his name. Oh, don't say his dirty name. Jason Taylor. Oh my god! Fucking <laughs> Let's go! God! <laughs> fucking do it! Oh! Oh my god! Uh, Kawhi had a very strong point, and, and Kawhi is, you know, spoiler alert coming up soon. But the fact of the matter is, right? Kawhi hasn't. I think. It, I feel like it's been a while since Kawhi's played a full season. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And for my criteria, I need to know, like, you know, who's going to be, you know, all NBA quality, and, and I think that Kawhi's going to play enough games to qualify for the All NBA. Like, he's going to put in that kind of performance for. And contribute to enough wins um, to be considered a top ten player, but I'm banking, you know, Jason Tatum to the moon, Jason Tatum to the moon, because I mean, first of all, right, we know how good he was in the regular season. I think he just needs to. I think this was a very good learning experience for him. He's going to come back a strong player. Let's let's think about bare bones. Try not to let recency bias get in the way of what we're looking at here. We're looking at a guy that can play good defense, extremely good at, at, at shooting the ball, and we know that he can get to the paint. He just he just chose not to for for what I think is a, it was a wrong decision, but we know that he's capable of uh, driving to the paint. And I think we saw flashes of ability to play good playmaking. So my question is, what is there to not like outside? But and again, I I, I beseech you. To not let recency bias get in the way. Alright, alright. Let me tell you, let me tell you what there isn't to like about Jason Tatum. First off. That's where that's where I, that's where I'll start. I don't like three turnovers a game. I don't like that this motherfucker somehow doesn't know how to dribble the fucking ball across half court. Alright, I don't like that. You think Kawhi, you think the claw would do that? You think the fucking claw would do that? There ain't no way the claw does that. There ain't no fucking way the claw does that. Alright, you think Jason Tatum shoots better than Kawhi Leonard? I I think that's a toss-up. I think that's that's a real toss-up to me. Under under duress and un, like like you know, with with good defense on him? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Did you see him on the Raptors? I know, I know. I know, I know. But I think on a regular basis, on a long size, I think that Jason Tatum shoots better under duress. All right, I'll give, I'll give them maybe a little bit, like, but they're not, they're not far apart. 
in, in the shooting department. I think and, th- and think about think about the physical, right? Jason Tatum, you know, for a small forward, like it's perfect size. Yeah, he is a big. Like, he's a big height. He's a big boy. point of point of release is just like you know perfect. It's true, it's true. I mean, they don't call him right, like you know, second coming of KD for nothing, man. Jesus Christ, don't don't utter that phrase. Don't uh, don't you dare utter that phrase. All right. I said they. I said they. I mean, maybe <laughs> I might think that, but I mean. All right. Last, last thing. Last thing for me here, I, and again, this goes back to I really value defense, and Jason Tatum is a very capable defender. I'll give you that. He's a very capable defender, but Kawhi Leonard is an all NBA first team kind of defensive player. Like he is, he is a top five, top 10 defensive player almost every single fucking season that he plays. I think by, by the end of his career, he may go down as one of the very best defending wings of all time. Like good. I, I, I haven't seen that from Jason Tatum. I, I frankly, I don't think I, I will. I, I just don't think that he's as, as good of a naturally good defender as, as Kawhi Leonard. Um, but, I mean, it, yeah, the, the jury's still out, I guess. Um, he's still young, so, of course, he can, he can improve his defense. But over the, the course of their career so far, Kawhi obviously has, is, is, is a definite step above Jason Tatum in terms of defense. And to me, that goes a long way. And so when you put that together with the fact that his shooting is very, very good, very, very efficient, and he's able to keep the ball, he doesn't turn the ball over. I think that's why I put Kawhi up there. Yeah, I understand the injury concerns. Like, I, that, that's a very real concern. Um, but again, I'm not projecting through the rest of the season. So that's why Kawhi, to me, is at number eight. I, I could understand, like, you know, um, yeah, if, if you, yeah, for me, like, you know, Kawhi's going to give you more defensively. I think Tatum's going to give more offensively, especially because he's just going to get better from here on out. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, yeah, the decisive factor was the injury thing. That was basically the only thing. Which brings us to number nine. I put Kawhi. All right, you put Kawhi. All right. My number nine. So this is what you get. This is what you get for putting Tatum at eight. No, no, uh, no, no. Jimmy motherfucking Butler. Jimmy oh my Duncan, god. Nine, nine best player in the NBA. I think Sana, like, like you, you are just on the recency bias today. Man. Unbelievable. It's like you're like a goldfish or something, man. Like, like that's the only thing that you remember is like saw. Like a player, that's unbelievable. Listen, listen, listen. I I really did the deep dive. I really did the deep dive here. You're uh, saying that Jimmy Butler? How old is he right now? Isn't he thirty one? Thing. Jimmy is thirty two. He's thirty two. He's thirty two, and you're you're gonna say that in 2023, first game of the season, you think a thirty two going on thirty three is gonna be. He's younger than KD. He's younger than Steph. But they play a different style of game. They play a different style of game. He doesn't rely on the three-pointer. Yeah, but I saw him be real good all through the playoffs. So why, why, uh, so why, why 
would that why would that sway me against why would that sway me against him being good day one of the 2022 season? You know what? I'll say something. What we saw, you know, at the end of game seven is, you know, an omen of things to come. Because I think that what we saw there is a glimpse of reality. And it was just like the basketball gods remind me. This, this, is, this is kind of, you know, reality. Just to make sure you guys didn't forget. Jimmy Butler's not a shooter. All right. Shooting is the most important thing in this league. In a vacuum, you have to isolate one skill. Shooting is the most important thing. And out of all the players that we've listed, there's only one guy who's like, like bad at shooting, but he's like probably the best in everything else. And that's Giannis. Okay. He's the one exception. Jimmy Butler does not qualify for that exception. So all right. I'll just leave that there. Let me, let me, let me give you, let me give you my reasoning here. My reasoning here is, is, is number one, number one is that first his, it's again going back to the defense. There are two thighs. There, the ball goes two ways in two directions. And to me, Jimmy Bucket's defense is somewhere between Kawhi and Jason Tatum. He's better than Jason, and maybe he's not quite at the level of Kawhi, but like through holiday level, like he, he's right there. He's right there up there with some of the best defensive wings in the league. He just is. That's, that's just a fact. It, there's nothing to say about that. That's just a fact. He actually is an extremely good defensive player. So that gave him a lot of points for me. All right, number two. I really dug into the numbers here because I, I really tried to make Jason Tatum in this spot. I really tried to put him here. I really, really did. I'm, not, I'm telling you, he, he, he's in the tier for me. He's in the tier for me. I really tried to put him here. I really, really, really did. But I looked at the numbers. And when you look at, when you look at the numbers on a, an efficiency basis, whether it's PER, true shooting percentage, win shares per 48, in all of those categories, Tatum falls well behind Jimmy Butler. In all those, it, which is surprising. Like, I would have thought true shooting percentage, Jason Tatum has to be behind Jimmy Butler. No, he's not. Win shares per 48? Oh, come on. Like, he has to be. They want so many more games. No, he's not. Like, it, so I really, really did. I really tried. I really tried to put Tatum in this spot. And, but when you put together the fact that Jimmy was more efficient, if you look at the numbers, he was more efficient than Jason Tatum last season. In addition to the fact that he's a better defender than him, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't put Tatum above Jimmy Ball. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm starting to feel sick, man. I, 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 you know, like I, I really thought, you know, when we were, when we were in the playoffs, you know, maybe. You know, as always, you're just stuck up in the recency bias, and you know, you, you just think about you can, the only thing you can think about is the game you saw yesterday, and you're like, you know what, Jimmy Butler's having an insanely good postseason, and so 
for a moment, I really hope that you were just in a trance or something. There was like some hypnosis going on. And you're like, Jimmy Butler's a better player. And, you know, two weeks after the end of the season, I really hoped you would look back at the entire season and realize Jimmy Butler, yes, uh, uh, he had, uh, he, I'm sure he had better efficiency numbers. But let's not forget about, right, the narrative, right? The upward trend that we saw in Jason Tatum last year. For the entire Boston Celtics team, for that matter. Right? That second half of the season, they were obliterating people. And Jason Tatum had turned on a switch. What, what do you think we're going to see more of next season? Are we going to see second half Jason Tatum? Or are we going to see first half? I'm inclined to say second half. I'm inclined to say second half. And... Despite that, yes, the Heat, who had, you know, more moderate, you know, long-term success throughout the entire season, and they were able to, you know, finish just above the Celtics at the end of the regular season. Just barely, right? They're, the, they're, 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 with the worst team, with the worst team around Jimmy Butler. Better, I mean, but more experienced coach, a gelled team. Jimmy Butler's been working with Eric Spolcher for a longer time. They brought in veteran pieces that are just extremely complimentary in nature. Kyle Lowry cannot make your team worse until, like, of course, he played in the playoffs and he was clearly not feeling 100%. But outside of that, there was really no, you know, question marks around that team coming into the season last year. New coach for the Celtics, things weren't working out, Right. And then they figured it out, and then they flipped the switch, and then they were the best team in the East, factually, from a record perspective, and from how they got to the NBA Finals. And so you you can't just cherry pick and try to slip a fast one on me, you know? Oh, efficiency over the entire season. It's, ah, this is, the, ladies and gentlemen, this is what Sanha does. You know, he's gonna yeah, he's gonna pick the stats and you know just like you know massage him into. Into this narrative, this is just... I, I'm getting sick. Go to number 10. I, I really tried. I really tried. All right, number 10. Number 10. Get, Who'd ready, you have? get ready to get even sicker. I, I think we... I, 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 think, I think we might have... The, oh, really? Get I, ready I think to get even sicker. <laughs> <laughs> number 10. It's the boy, the Wunderkind, the progeny, the progeny of Memphis. John Morant, baby! Hey, I put the same one! <laughs> but, uh, I think fair, so. The context here is a little different because John's on, uh, above Jason Tatum here for me, but um, continue. <laughs> no, that, that, that... Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, what? Oh, my God, you're right. That's so sick. You're so sick. Holy crap. That is so sick. I told you. Holy I told crap. you you'd be getting thicker. I told you. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, my God. It's so oh, funny. my God. But you know what? I can accept Jobby data more than I can accept uh, Jimmy Butler. So, um, because let's face it, right? Jaw like had an MVP caliber season at such a young age. What is there for us to believe 
that their next his next season is going to be okay. Maybe it might not be as good, but you know, there's very good reason, extremely optimistic about his development. And yeah, I would put I would put his stock as a top ten player. Um, it's it's an abomination to do it at the cost of Jason Tatum. Granted, I, oh my god, that's so sick. That's so sick. I, I I think you're just doing this to tilt me. So sick. So sick. No no no. Okay. All right. Seriously. Listen listen listen. What listen. the hell? Listen here. Listen. Oh my god. Listen. The Memphis Grizzlies have a good team, right? They, they have a solid team. But, oh. but Jason Tatum has Jalen Brown. Yeah, he has a Jalen Brown. He has a Marcus Smart. Jaw doesn't have shit compared to that. Yeah, he has a, what, a Desmond Bain? He has, he has a Budget DeRozan? And Dylan Brooks? Yeah. Those, those are his best teammates? And he single-handedly carries this team to the playoffs. And the best thing about Jaw is that he fights. Is that he fights. He fights. Unlike a certain player that I know. Unlike a certain player that I know, this guy fights and I've seen it in the most important games this guy fights for it fuck Jason Tatum <laughs> ladies and gentlemen I think, I think we're gonna have to end the show this is, this is crazy I you know it, you know how like ridiculous this is because Sanha, you know, he, he starts off, you know, saying, oh, I really want to put Jason Tatum in the nine spot. I did. I really the statistics did. didn't make sense. I really did. And then he goes to number 10, and all of a sudden you're like, fuck the statistics. <laughs> it's all about Jason Tatum. Actually, 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 I didn't think about the statistics. John Morant scored more points than Jason Tatum last year per, uh, per game. He had seven assists per game. He had four and a half rebounds per game. He improved his three-point shot to shoot 34.5% from three. He was legit last season. I, I don't know what else. I don't know, how, I don't know how to tell you this. He was legit last season. No, he was legit. Absolutely. But I want to ask you, redo, redo the analysis and put second half versus second half. We're talking about young players. We got to take what's topical. We can't, you know, let's look at that 40 game split. I mean, I don't know how the numbers would look, but I don't know. I don't know about the 40 game split, uh, but I do know if you take the last 10 games, last 20 games I saw of Tatum and the last 20 games I saw of John Morant, I think it's a clear win. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. I'm just saying. Get out of here, guys. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Ladies and gentlemen, I am unwell right now. Also, also, okay. Wait, wait, okay. Also, I'm really not ignoring the metrics here. If you look at even win shares per 48, John Morant is higher. 
true shooting percentage, you would expect Jason Tatum to be way ahead of Jaw. He's ahead of Jaw by 0.001. Two? Over the entire regular season. Yeah. Hey, man. We all know, like, Jason Tatum had ridiculous. Like, it was a very poor first half of the season. You know, there's a reason why everybody was saying we got a split of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. It was really bad. It was really bad. Listen, you know, if new coach, the thing is, the you know, thing we is, didn't know if the things were working out. The, I think the thing for me is if I had only seen the second half of the, of the, of the season and then nothing else, then I, I think J, Jason Tatum might have been, been number eight for me. But the problem is, the problem is that I saw him be down and then go up and then come back down again. That's the problem. That's the problem. I can't just, I All can't, right. I really just can't assume that he's gonna, he's gonna stay up there because I saw him do both. I saw him, I saw him yo-yo. That's the thing. I didn't see him just continuously progress linearly. I saw him yo-yo. I, I can't unsee that. I can't unsee it. Which is why, you put him? which is why you're gonna be even sicker with my number 11 thing. No way he didn't. <laughs> wait, did you wait, put Booker wait, or wait. Tatum? Who would, who would be your who would be your first who would be your first honorable? Um, I don't your, know. I just thought your, about that. Your pseudo eleven. Probably Jimmy Butler. Or, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say Devin Booker. So disappointing, but it's it's a toss up between those two. All right, for me. Anthony Davis. <laughs> no, 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 dude, no, no. That's no, no, no. That, that, no, no, no. you're, you're trolling. You're trolling. You're trolling. <laughs> so, I'm not. You can't just. You can't just. You can't just ruin the credibility of our. I'm not ruining like, the like, credibility. Listen to me. Oh Listen to me. Listen to me. Anthony Davis. It's still a top five defender in the league. Anthony Davis can still go 20 and You can't down. guarantee that. You can't guarantee that. He doesn't play basketball anymore. That's why he's you outside can't the top 10. Because, oh if, because, because if he was healthy, because if I could guarantee that he plays, he would be in the top 10. Would he not? Would Anthony Davis not be in the top 10 if he was healthy? He would, but bam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so I took that into account, and he dro I dropped him outside of the top ten. You dropped him like two or three maximum places just for the major I dropped him concerns. three spots. I dropped him three spots for being injured. He still played 50 games last season, didn't he? How many games did he play? Oh, my God. I'm taking it. Right. He played 40. He played half the season. Oh, what the? Relax! They have the season! Everyone relax! <laughs> Everyone relax! At, thi at, at this point, at this point, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna come up with a hot take here. 
I think John Wall is going to play more games with the Clippers next season than Anthony Davis is going to play with them. See, I just don't. No, I, 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 I straight up think so. I just don't John Wall wasn't sitting up because of injury. John Wall was sitting up because the, the Rockets wanted to just run that contract down. I think John Wall's going to play more games. Straight up. Poke it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And then I have Jason Tatum. That's nasty. Number 12. That's nasty. But, That's nasty, but, but to, to, give you, to make you feel a little better, they're all in the same tier. <laughs> God. All right, well, here, here are some of my other honorable <laughs> top 10. So I said Booker already. I said Butler already. Uh, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving, yeah, Bradley Beal, Anthony Davis, Bradley Beal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I, I put money on. Why not? Bradley Beal in your honorable mention. Probably closer to 15 than he is 10, but... That ain't so honorable. I mean, it is an honorable mentions list of five people. Yeah, that's, that's a lot already. Yeah. But I would put him above Anthony Davis. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So you're telling me, you're telling me right now, you're telling me right now. So you think, you think the Lakers should just go one for one? Anthony Davis, Bradley Beal. You're telling me that? It might be. That's what you It said. might be better for them. You're gonna give but Yeah, it might be better for them. You're gonna give away. So. You're gonna give away that goes twenty and ten and is a top five defender for Bradley fucking Beal. Yeah. For Wash. Bradley washed Beal. Uh, I'll take Bradley Beal for seventy games and Anthony Davis for forty. You kidding me? Oh, oh hell yeah. Oh, oh hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Andy Davis plays 60 games, okay? Listen. Oh, you, Davis you win. 60 games. He's playing 60 games. It's going to happen. He's going to play 60 games. LeBron doesn't even play 60 games, dude. Anthony Davis. <laughs> Anthony Davis is going to play 60 games. He's going to play 60 games. He ain't even 30. He's gonna play 60 games. He's gonna do it. And do it. He hasn't he hasn't played oh my god. He barely played 60 games in his uh first season with the Lakers. Barely. Yeah. And it's not looking like it's getting any better. It looks like it's getting worse. And we won. We won the championship that season. I just wanna say. We won the championship yeah. that season. No, I, I, but I seriously think Bradley Beal, uh, 70 games, Bradley, I'll take that over Anthony Davis. Bradley Beal is like, barely have, in my top you, 25. He's not in your top 20? Really? Crazy. All right. Interesting. That motherfucker doesn't play defense. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, not, he does. Not in the way that I want him to play defense. All right, all right, wait. I mean, he's not amazing, but like, yeah. it's not like he's a, he's not a Luka. Like, yeah, you got to look up. Okay, but you got you to see the people who are in front of him. All right, so Tatum's at 12, right? 
right, then begins my next tier. My next tier. Kyrie at 13. Dane at 14. Mm, I forgot about it. Yeah. yeah. Trey at 15. D-Book. Chris Paul. That's my next tier. Whoa, you put Chris Paul above Brad? I, I, did, I did, I did, I did, I did it, I did it. Damn. I did it. I, did it. I just... Maybe I'm a boomer. Maybe I'm a boomer. I think you are, dude. I think okay. Yo, I can Chris accept, Paul I can, is one. I can accept that I'm a boomer. I can accept that I'm a boomer, but with that acceptance, Chris Paul gets to be in this tier. Wow. I I I don't know, man. I don't know if Chris Paul makes it to my. I don't think so, dude. Th- just the the impact that he has on the team as a field general as and a distributor, and he can still play defense. He still plays better defense than Bradley Beal. That's a fact. That's a fact. But the thing is, like, I don't know if he's uh, he's he's regressing. He's regressing. I agree, I agree. I agree. I agree that he's regressing. But again, this is day one, 2022 season. I don't think he's there yet. I don't think it's quite there yet. That- you know, when you regress in age like that, defenses lose that. It's true. It's they true. Lose it's, that, true. Man. it's true. It's true. It's true. So we'll see. I can, I can, I can definitely say that Chris Paul is the shakiest person in this tier. All right. Tier after that. This is eighteen. James Harden. Ooh. I, he was really hard to place for me. He was really, really hard to place. Yeah, yeah. He really is like. I just but, assume that I can't put him in. Like, I, I, I just, I just had to put him up there because he's still going to go 20 and 10. So is Bradley. Well, not 20 and 10. No, he's not. Brad, Bradley's going to put up like, Bradley's going to put up high, high. 20, he's going to go like 24, 5 and 5. No. Yeah. I, I, he's, a, he's, a, he's an underrated uh, distributor, man. Maybe. He's underrated. Maybe. I don't know. I can see him putting seven seven minutes. Maybe. I haven't seen him do it. I don't know. The thing the thing for me is that I've seen Harden play at a high like a high, high level. And oh, grabbed, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so like it, it was hard for me to put him out lower than this. Alright. Then 19, Rudy Gobert. Oh, wow. Listen, Gobert is a lot of flack. For, for his contract, but that doesn't that doesn't replace the fact that he's the best defensive player in the league. Un- unequivocally the best defensive player in the league. Like you can't I don't know. Like I didn't know how to value it exactly until I wrote this list out. But I think for me that puts him in the top 20. All right. And then, number 20, Bam Adebayo. Wow, man. Bradley Beal's getting a lot of disrespect tonight. Beal's getting disrespected even further. Next tier, 21, DeMar DeRozan. All right, man. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no, no. 
wait, 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 wait. You know wait, what? Wait. I, I could buy it because you're like, hey, you know what? Gobert and Beal's like, how to compare that? You know, different positions. You know, maybe you value something else. But no, 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 no. No, Eddie, Not Eddie, cool. Eddie, Eddie. You can't ignore 28 points a game last season. You just can't ignore that. Do Do you realize that Beal scored 30 points? game like two years ago like like the season ago. just before the last one no, no, no the season just before that the season just before the last I one understand. he was he was second in the scoring race I he almost won i understand that but i felt the rosen do it just last year i saw him i watched him put 28 points in the basket a game i watched him do it i saw him do it and and it's not like he's the only shooter on his team. He has fucking Zach Levine lobbing up shots everywhere. Bradley Beal's the only shooter on his team. Of course he's going to get 30 points a game. What do you mean? All right, all right. I'm so tilted. 22. Right Carl Anthony Towns. Funny three. Paul George. 24. Bradley Beal. And then 25, Zach Levine. Oh, man, dude. I almost thought you were going to put Zach Levine. The way this was going. I ain't the way you tilted me tonight. I ain't My God. That's how it is. That's the, that's, this is the definitive list. This is the definitive list. I mean, I, I, I agree with a lot of the orders I have uh, uh, huge disagreement with. This is, this is the list. I don't know. I, I also find it interesting that Don Donovan Mitchell can suck my... Donovan Mitchell is another one of those players who can go fuck himself. All right? Don, Donovan Mitchell is probably like right, right here. Like he's probably right around this range. Like right after, right after the V. Um, because because once you get into this territory, right? Once you get into the the, the Paul George, the yeah, the Paul George Beal Levine territory, you're getting into number twos. You're getting into number twos of championship teams. Like Pascal Siakam's Donovan. Yeah, yeah, like that that sort of deal, right? So like Donovan Mitchell. I would argue that you're 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 already a I'm already what? You're already in number twos right now. Number yeah, two I'm started two. probably yeah, around Gobert. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so like Gobert was kind of a, an odd case because because of his defensive prowess. He's he's Harden's probably, a number two at he's this He's probably point. the outlier. And and Harden is kind of an in-between because like if you Harden's take, like straight up, you don't want him on your team. <laughs> no, but Harden's kind of an in between because I've seen him be a number one player on the semifinal team. Like, I, I see this guy do that. I have, dude. When he was on the Rockets, he was the best player by far. I mean, yeah, like he was ch- choking on epic proportions. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't the way. But definitely the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, definitely the Western, Western Conference. Conference too, right? 
And, and if they buy my yeah. in another season, yeah, that's it. It it has happened. It has happened. It has happened. Yeah. But I mean, what is Donovan Mitchell? Doing? Yeah, yeah, no, no, nothing, no. nothing. So, so once we get into like the the twenty four, twenty five ish range, twenty three, even with Paul George, starting with Paul George, we're getting into kind of number two territory. It makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So. Which is also interesting to note that are there not 30 players who are number one players in the league? Oh, absolutely not. I think we knew this. Like, well, it's like... so, there's an argument to be made, though, for, for a few guys who are like missing from this list who could come onto this list next season. And Edwards, Kate Cunningham, right? Right now, though. Right now. Right, right, right now. Right, right now. Right, right now. Immediately. But... You know, as soon as as soon as it hits, like you know, All Star break next season, they could easily be Ant Edwards, Kate Cunningham, um, what's his face on the Kings, Darren Fox. Yeah, Darren Fox. Like they, there's talent here that's that would maybe make it. Ah, uh, I still don't think that we get to thirty though, right? Well, the thing is, like, I think people really just expect people to become number one players most for every you know really promising young star borderline all-star all-star player there is that becomes a number one option there are like several more that never pan out to quite reach that level yeah i mean yeah they're so they're right here at fourth end of this list right yeah feel paul george was maybe for a point in time he's no longer even, he even was a, a number one guy to take it to Eastern Conference. Yeah, finals, even DeMar DeRozan is not a number one in my head. No, never yeah, was. Exactly. So, like, you could never even was. argue that starting at number 17 with Chris Paul, that you're getting into number twos, right? I think I think it starts even before that. I think it's Devin Booker? Like, even Trey Young. Trey Young's not a number one. You don't think Trey Young's not a number, number one? one. Wait, okay, wait, wait, nope. okay. Wait, wait, wait. So so everyone down to Tatum Irving. Ir- oh, is Irving a number one? No. Is Lillard a number one? No. How many times have we seen him in the playoffs not, not, not be able to make it? I'm sorry, did you miss the back-to-back four-point plays? No. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, but like... Like the the requisite of a number one at is to have made it to a finals. That's the requisite. The only slide that you get is if you're young, and like you're basically like any season now it's gonna happen. Like Trey Young. No, he's young. It's not gonna happen for Trey Young. He's young. Like literally, and like in the way that we're saying, he's still twenty three. No, he's uh, younger than Tatum. Yeah, and Tatum went to the finals. Oh, so he still has a year to get there? He's a year younger than him. Uh, I don't see that happening. Oh, my. Nah. I think, I think outside of the top 10 already. Borderline twos already. Really? Well, actually, no. I take that back. Up to Butler is one. Right? Because Butler's done it, factually. He's done it. He's done it one year with the Heat. 
I just want to say that Charles Barkley has only been to the finals once in his career. Number one. <laughs> Correct. And he didn't do it until his seventh season. Seventh season sounds about right. I mean, like, what, at the age Trae of Young's what? 23! 20... Yeah, I mean, jury's still out. I'm not saying that it's impossible. He's not a number one right now. And I frankly don't think it's he's gonna be a number one next season. Maybe, uh, maybe. Two, but 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 okay, five, but here's the difference though. I'm saying all these guys can be number ones. Can be and yeah, will be. But like, can no, be and are, are extremely but, different. But I'm That's saying, I'm saying though like, that. But the other guys on the list are like I'm saying it, it's like the jury's already out. Like they're not going to be number ones. Chris Paul, James Harden, Gobert, Adebayo, DeRozan, Cat, Paul George, Bradley Beal. Zach Levine, none of these guys are going to be number ones. Like, we like we can rule it out for these guys. Probably, yeah. But the guys above them, I don't think you can rule it out. Maybe, man, I'm, now I'm reconsidering Kyrie, having Kyrie this high. Because I don't, I'm almost to the point where I'm ruling, out, ru- ruling him out being number one. A number one, ever. I've already ruled him out. But the thing is, like, you can only put so much stock in because, like we said, right, a lot of people that look like they can be number ones don't pan out that way. And yeah, but... You can say the same thing about Devin Booker, Trey Young. Odds, are, are they both going to become number one? Maybe? Probably the odds are that, like, one or maybe neither of them become that. Yeah. The least likely outcome is that both of them become number ones, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess most it, likely is either one of them, maybe not. I guess if you put it that yeah, I way, know. I think I have the right. I think I like my order of Irving, Kyrie, Dame, Trey, D Book. What do you think? Do you think D Book should be higher? It's, I, I find it really hard to get over somebody saw from it. Like it's so hard for me to like get over it. Yeah, that's how I feel about Tatum. But but I would I would I would put book. I don't I don't yeah, I don't know how he goes high. The thing is like, admittedly I totally forgot about Dan. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, I, I think I think that's I think Dan's in the right spot, right at fourteen, right underneath Kyrie. Yeah, like literally as good as like a not first. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right there. Like, Kyrie and Dane, they're right there. They're the best number twos that you could possibly find. Right. And then you got Trey Young and Devin Booker right beneath them, who are probably that next tier of number two that you best you could ever find. Probably. Probably. Makes sense to me. All right, all right. Let, 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 let's wrap it up. <laughs> Man, I'm still tilted at... Just how much you shot to Jason Tatum? No, I'm I'm just convinced you're just doing this on purpose. I'm not. I legitimately. No, you I, are, man. No. I scoured through the stats. I really scoured through them. I really, really did. I'm disgusted, man. Disgusted. I don't know what else to tell Ladies you, gentlemen. That is what it is. Well, I mean, if you made it this far. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Keep It 111. I sincerely hope that you'll listen in again. I promise the episodes will not be as blasphemous as this one. But in any case, thank you for listening. And as always, 
Keep it 111. Bye, guys.